I'm Susan Pinchair, your host today for All Volunteer, All Heart from Binky Patrol. And today's a little trip down memory lane, as some of these episodes are. I'm welcoming my guest. I call her Kimmy. And I know that's not her professional name, but she's my Kimmy. And so, Kim, welcome. I am so glad that you're here. And if you could just give everybody a quick who you are, what you're doing right now to, like, your gig, because I know you just changed recently, and then how we met. Sure, of course. So my name is Kimberly Ophelis. Um, currently, I am the partner healthcare partnership communications manager over at Direct Relief. We're one of the top five nonprofits in the world. But we are a humanitarian effort, so we're sending a lot of medical product to places, third world countries, that includes Ukraine, that includes Sri Lanka, flooded victims, fire victims, we're all over the world. We're at a global impact and we have Big Pharma providing much needed medical supplies such as insulin, rape kits, emergency backpacks for initial needs. And I've been there for about two months and it's been a dream job. I've always wanted to get back into nonprofit since working with Sue's here for Binky. So I'm in it and I'm so happy to be a part of it. So Susie and I, okay, so going back <laughs> memory lane, <laughs> I back went to 96, 96. So I was um, attending Cal State Long Beach. I was a journalism public relations major and I started interning at Greg Smith slash Compro Communications. And that's where I met Susie and she was my mentor. She taught me everything. We were definitely a grassroots organization. I mean, we had to like, remember we, had, we used to have to boot up the servers when they would fail. We would have to like, you know, get dirty sometimes when our computers didn't work. And it was right at the beginning of HTML 2.0. So we were, Susie and I were learning how to build websites on our own. Like we had no idea. We were just self-taught. There were no classes out there. And Susie and I just dug in it. We figured out Photoshop, all the Adobe products and we were building really simple 2.0 sites. And in addition to writing and doing press releases for all of Greg Smith's clients, but that's how I met Susie. And then of course, you know, Binky Patrol is her life. And so how could I not be a part of it? We were in a very small office. <laughs> we were very tight, like a little family. And of course I wanted to help. Luckily she needed my help. <laughs> now I can't sew worth a darn. I can, I've never been taught to sew. <laughs> But I have marketing skills, so I thought I would try to help her out marketing-wise and help her out with events and deliveries and flyers and brochures and photographs and, oh my gosh, you name it, we've done it. <laughs> well, one piece you left out is our boss, Greg Smith, was also your college professor. Oh my gosh, you're right. Okay, so uh, Greg I mean, because that's what brought us all together was his ability yeah. to know when somebody was a good fit mm -hmm. and he wanted to bring you in. He loved your enthusiasm, your willingness to learn anything. And he said, I, you know, we need her. We need somebody like her to come in and pick up some of, you know, the other tasks, help with the writing because she's a journalism major. And he was teaching. I mean, I know it was a, I think he was teaching night school and you took one course. You had one course that you were taking from him. I think it was for PR. Yeah, it was a PR course, and I believe it was just the basic fundamentals of writing a press release. I was instantly attracted to him. Like, he had so much knowledge. Like, he's been in the business for so long, and I wanted to work for him. So I talked to my advisor. Of course, she's good friends with him. Set up an interview, and then I was started interning for him. And actually, 
I went to work for him full time after I graduated college. And I was with Greg Smith Compro for a number of years. We worked yeah. together for a while. Yeah, through you know, yeah, until we broke it up and Greg ended up being my client and you went and worked for Sony. Yes. So yeah, that's when I decided to go for corporate because I wanted to like buy a house, you know, who does it? <laughs> go work for Sony Pictures. And I worked there for 10 years and I was doing websites for the movies and the TV shows, which was amazing. I mean, such a great experience to have in your 20s. Well, what a time too. I mean, some of the people listening like press releases, nobody does those anymore. It was a whole different thing because one of the things you did for Binky Patrol was to create what we call the press kit. And a lot of times we have online press kits now, which is super smart. You know, everybody needs an online press kit. If you guys need one, I can make those for you. But everybody, especially nonprofits, you need them of your officers, of your key people, your mission statement, you know, your logo versions, some quick bios for your folks. If they're going to speak, if they're going to be invited to talk, if they're going to be interviewed for something. Have a press kit, nonprofits. You need these things. You can look online to learn the to-do list you need, or you can email me and I'll be happy to tell you. But it's something that you helped us with. I did not have the time to do that. I was too busy, you know, answering emails and phone calls and stuff at the time because we had just really taken off. And you filled in that gap and you made this darling little folder with our logo on the front, a big sticker of it, and you had our press kit and all the pieces. So... Today, what pieces would you say if you, we know the online version and a printed version, what would you say to be done? Or do we even bother with printed versions anymore? You know what? Some media still enjoys having printed pieces, but mostly like, you know, when it comes to AP wire and all that, they still, they want electronic. But I think it's so nice when you're going to an event to have folders in hand, to hand them out to people that don't have a computer. Yeah, we all have our smartphones, but you're at a conference or you're at an event and you may not have time to like whip that out real quick. So I think having a take home when they have a little a folder, when they get home, they can read. And what I would include is a basic press release telling you what you do, like your five W's, a contact list, a brochure, in the brochure of pictures of events that you've done, pictures of boots on the ground of these wonderful volunteers that are making binkies and then getting where are they going where are these binkies going to who's getting this reward that we're working so hard to put out there so i think it's definitely good to have both a printed and electronic version it depends who your audience is right so if you're trying to submit like a press release to media definitely go electronic route because they're getting submitted thousands now if you're going to an event i think having something tangible in your hand, walking into that event. Hey, here's my card. Here's my contact. Here's my press kit. Take a look. This is what we do. That's where we can do such a blend of that now with QR codes and stuff. Having mm. a postcard that has that pictorial thing that you're talking about, that quick story. Mm -hmm. Headline picture, quick blurb. Something quickly with a QR code on the back. Here's our press kit. Here's our website. Here's our podcast. And to have those to make it easy for people as well, because maybe you can't carry all these things around. If you're speaking, that's different. You're going to have more things with you. But if you'd like to be invited to be a speaker, if you want, if you're sitting at this table of random people and they're asking you about who you are, what you do, why you're here at this conference, you can slip it in. And quite easily, a six by nine postcard can fit in any portfolio that you're taking notes with. Because most of us take notes at these events. It's super handy. Leave notes space on the postcard so they can make notes about you. 
oh, she was a jerk. I never want her to come to my house. Um, maybe it could be anything you want. But to, you know, think about it ahead of time. I know one thing I did for a conference once is I made three videos on three different topics, put all of them on the QR code, but I thought ahead of time and I produced these videos, put them on a landing page, embedded them in there, and was it was very personal to only attendees of that event. You know, I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to visit right. with you more. I would love to meet you. Let me know. It wasn't that great. How are you going to be memorable? And that's your way of being memorable to them. That's really smart. And got to make it easy, too. And more sustainable, you know? Like, we're not wasting all that paper in a press kit. We just have a nice, pretty postcard. They can slap it on their fridge and go back to it when they're ready. Right. And if you are doing things like QR codes and links, guys, make sure they're evergreen. Because you don't know who's going to pass this around or when, when it'll get found. Remember when we were in Family Circle magazine and it, everything exploded? You know, that's a whole nother episode. Be careful the PR you pray, pray for yeah. because you might get it. Oh, my gosh. But five, eight, ten years later, people were still finding that magazine and still going to our website from it. I'm like, your doctor needs new magazines. Holy cow. If you're looking at a 10-year-old Family Circle magazine, there's a problem. Right, right, <laughs> totally. Now, Susie, let me ask you something. How important do you think it is for a nonprofit to have a website these days? And what is the the content that people should be focusing on on their website? Because I've seen websites go in so many different directions, right? You know, you got your basics, you got your about, you got your contact, you got yeah. news, you know, an events page if you have events. But is there anything that we can do more to add to our websites? That's a great question. And I was just talking with Lisa Cintron in the last episode about things that nonprofits must have in place before they try and accept a donation or a volunteer. So we covered those types of things. But yes, a website, when a nonprofit relies on things that are not theirs, like Facebook slash nonprofit mm -hmm. name, there's no credibility there. There's no sustainability because who knows where Facebook is going to go. You don't own the Facebook domain. And you need to have something that you can control. You can control the data. You won't share the data. Nobody else gets the data because that's the other big thing. It's a privacy thing. So what do you need to have on your website, of course, is really big and upfront. What the heck do you do that anybody can understand in one sentence? And our mission statements might be longer and things, but quite simply, we make blankets and give them away to kids in need of comfort, period. You can read all the rest of the stuff, but that's what we do. Everything else below supports it. Mm -hmm. You need to have a privacy statement. What happens with the data? If somebody fills out your contact form, what happens? If they make a donation, what happens with that data? How secure is it? How are you processing that? Can you delete all their information if they request it? Those are the types of things you have to have in place. You need to have your board on there, like faces or at least names, people, officers. Don't be ghosts in the machine. Stay, you know, have it out there and have a phone number that goes to somebody. Ours goes to voicemail because we are 100% volunteer. So ours goes right to voicemail, but you can choose option one or whatever. And it does go to my phone. People can reach me and my voicemail is set up to say, you know, all the things I do. <laughs> it's really long. <laughs> you hit it really hard though. It's, who are you serving? Tell us those stories. Have recipient stories. Who receives your services? The thing that you do as a nonprofit. Who benefits? Tell us a story. Make us feel warm and fuzzy. 
give us your background history for credibility. Yes. And you must be a true bona fide 501c3 that we can check up on you. Yep. And if you're really smart, you're going to put the guide star link. You're going to put all the links so people can go say, yes, they are still in good standing. Just mm -hmm. because I say I'm a 501c3 and put some BS number on there doesn't mean I am. Anybody can make that up. And I've seen that happen. Me too. And contact us. Put a stupid phone number. Have a mailing address. Stop hiding. To reach us, this is how you reach us. I'm sure your donors want to make sure that, you know, their donation is going to where it said it's going on the website. And how can they be sure that their donation is, is going to? There's the other thing. If you are a nonprofit, if somebody requests your financials, it's not like the full financials, but it's like a two-pager kind of thing. Yeah. You have to provide that. Mm -hmm. And you want to provide that to show how is it being spent? With us, people love us because there's salary, zero. <laughs> <laughs> You're easy. <laughs> Rent, other than storage, zero. You know, I pay for the phones for Binky Patrol, so utilities, zero. You know, so much of it for us is zero. It all goes right back into programming for marketing and things. That's what we use all mm -hmm. of our money for is to stay, pay all of our paperwork and licenses we have to fill out every year. All of that type of thing. CPAs, you know, those things cost money. Web hosting for right now costs money because nobody's donating that, including the hosting company. So we are paying for these things. But they want to know what, you know, how are you using the money? Our chapters will ask, hey, if I raise $3,000, how much do I get? Right. So, well, we will earmark 80% of that. And 20% goes for national. So we can print brochures for you, get the labels done, have storage, and have the P.O. box, all those things. Pay for the website. All that needs to be there. So those are the first things to me that you have to have on that website. You have to build that trust and that connection with humans or dogs or whatever it is that you do. Connections with the land. Bring me in emotionally with some stories. And then go grab every vanity URL you possibly can in every social venue and a few variations some of us that have URLs that could have a misspelling, that have double consonants in the middle. Yes. The double consonant thing gets everybody. If you have a stupid hyphen mm -hmm. in your domain, if you're a nonprofit, go for the org. If it's gone, find out who has it and bully them into giving it to you. Because if they aren't doing what you're doing, then maybe they would give it up. Maybe they just grabbed it all because they wanted the, the .com or something, so they took them all the time. But .org immediately signals, and it tells us what's going on. So those are the things I would do. And you might have to pay for email. Please don't mm -hmm. use GoDaddy email. No. Nasty. Nasty. Let's look professional. <laughs> so go through Google as your mail server. Yeah. And your domain can be registered with them under businesses. And you can get an email address set up. And you can have one email address be lots of things. Those are called aliases. You can have, you know, Susan... S. Finch at Binky Patrol, but I can also have accounting at, speakers at, treasure, whatever I want. And I can set up rules in there ah, to forward to who it should go to. So I never have to see it. They receive it. They can deal with it without having to pay for a lot of email accounts. That's great. So there are you know, there are little workarounds, especially for small business, small ones like us. Mm -hmm. Now, there's one question I'm dying to ask you, Suze. Um, so there's all these changes going on with Instagram and Facebook and, um, they're wanting to be more like TikTok. Have you read these articles? A little bit because I don't have enough volunteers to keep me current on already what we're doing. 
Mm. So without that ability, it's like, yep, TikTok's not our place for us. Yeah. It's, it's too not much the right demographic. I agree. It is not. I want grandmas. I want. Yeah. Facebook. You know, my, my demographic right now, DUI people. <laughs> really? The DUIs. Because they all have to have community service. Yeah. Lots and lots. Oh, of they need to put in hours. <laughs> yes. So oh. I have a young man today. He graffitied something and he got caught. Uh-huh. And he said, I know how to sew. I have oh, two weeks to get 70 hours done. I said, let's do it. I said, do you, he's local. I said, do you need fabric? So I can buy it. I have the money. I can buy it. So, okay, well, I have fabric in storage and I need some shelves built in storage and I need it organized. I said, you're an artist. How would you arrange it? And he, you could just tell he's like, you're calling not a criminal. You call me an artist. Aww. I said, I need your help. And so he's yeah. in storage right now. Wow. That's and he's great. building the shelves that have been in boxes for five years. That's great. And organizing it. And then he's going to pick fabric out and make blankets to finish his hours. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> but what if you have someone like me that doesn't know how to sew? And, you know, for years I've been using Facebook for, you know, my older demographics. Right. Instagram's kind of my middle. TikTok's my way young, right? right? But now, you know, the meta universe is trying, they see how successful uh, TikTok is going, but they're forgetting about us. They're forgetting about their audience. And so there's a lot of big corporate fighting happening right now. So I'm always trying to keep up on the stories on a daily. They haven't made, they pulled back the decision to make it like TikTok Thank God. for Facebook and for Insta because they're like, we already have that. We don't need another one. No. That, I mean, and that's idiotic. That's what happens is usually these companies get bored first with what they have. Mm -hmm. And so they're looking for new shiny or they're looking to be like the people that they hear about all the time. Well, who's really using it all the time? How are they using it? And you read about, you know, all these people that do, you know, like the dopey Twitch people and stuff. Sorry. Right, but, right, right. You know, it's all that. It's like, it's great. You're making a ton of money. You're doing that and you have all these things going, but that doesn't serve me. That doesn't get me volunteers to make blankets. That's for not your food. audience. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do the shock and challenge and all that. That's not my thing. No. Because I'm that doesn't have longevity. That's all flash in the pan, short attention span people. I don't need that. Exactly. I need stability, credibility, because my entire organization is putting trust in every new person we accept as a chapter leader to not mess it up for all the rest of us. So please, nonprofits, Think about that. I mean, I can't teach my dad TikTok. There's no way. He is no. like Facebook for the rest of his life. You know what I mean? And we're going to lose so much audiences if this actually goes through. So we're keeping an eye on it. But I think, I hope they come to realize that we as an older generation matter. You know, we still want our social and we still want to look at pretty pictures and see what's going on in the world. And it doesn't need to be like this headache of content <laughs> that I need to absorb in five seconds. So I think it's more important now than ever to really put your position on social especially you know it, it's free to us let's really let them know hey we're still needed we still are out there and we still like yep. our content well and that's the other reason why you still want your website and yeah. email email marketing still works for most nonprofits because the people that are making the donations and the commitments they still actually think email is viable you know my kids would argue and they hate it so mm -hmm. I hate email. Why do you send everything through email? No, 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 no. I said, you are not my audience. Right. You are my employee. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Use the email. 
Because that's how I keep track of stuff. That's how I organize it. That's our filing cabinet. Yeah. And these venue creators, we can call them or whatever, you know, Meta and all the others, they just keep jumping to the next thing. They have very short attention spans. Or perceived cool. And as things, I mean, even Austin, he says, TikTok's stupid. He said, it's a waste of oxygen, time, everything. So I just deleted it. It was a so time suck. Like That's what it is. And, you know, Instagram is fun and it's beauty photos and it works for a lot of people. And I know some people, oh, I can sell houses on Instagram. Well, good for you if that's your audience. But there's still other things that work way better. I have a real estate broker in Colorado. He can't sell houses for crap through any of that or even through his website. He does it through mailings, beautiful mailings that he sends out. And he has huge success with it. That's great. And with Binky Patrol, I'm telling you, this court system. <laughs> it's working in your favor. <laughs> it just cracks me up because we lost all of our events. Right. Right. And so the community service people have really saved us. And they look for us online and they're searching for us. So, you know, Google My Business, huge for nonprofits. If you are a nonprofit and have not set up your profile there. Please do it. You do it. If you're getting mail and stuff through Google and setting up your Google business, your whole little thing there, do it because it's kind of like you get paid twice in search results every time you use it. Post your stuff. Talk about a volunteer. Tell a story. Anything that drives people back to your site. And on your site, you can have the full article and talk about your partners on these other things. Don't links off there. But first, get into your site. Right. Where it says quickly what you do. Absolutely. And where they can quickly make a donation and see who you are and trust you and build that trust. But post it regularly with photos you were allowed to use. Oh, please stop Googling photos, nonprofits, because there are law firms set up specifically that get people. No, I don't have total proof, but I've seen evidence that get people to change their gravatars. So if you accept comments on your website, and their gravatar that made a comment five years ago changes to a, a photo that is licensed, that they bought. That attorney can come after you and say, look at that. You okay. approved that photo. And you are liable for something you can't control. Mm. Do not accept comments. They don't help you. It's all spam anyway, and it's stupid. Yeah, it's all robots. And never let people post gravatars or images on your site. Ever, ever, ever. Because it'll cost you too much. Lock it down. And if your volunteers board or your volunteers leave, lock them out. Change the passwords. Do what you need to as these things turn over. But that has to be part of your plan as well. And consent forms. Don't forget those consent forms. Get those You're signed. Right. right? You know, all of our stuff has been signed. Because we're showing patients. We're showing doctors yes. in action, in the field. So we have to get those consent form signed to make our donors happy we're all in good standing that's a great point and that's a nice thing too i mean we use google drive for a lot of things so i have a drive mm -hmm. folder for our chapter leaders mm -hmm. and we have we do have consent forms there you know photo release whatever it is model release kind of forms we have letterhead there that they can edit which is fine because the original one will always be there and they can't mm -hmm. delete it because it's mine and we put easy tools for them to see how it can be done Oh, and great. download it. And it makes it so easy for them. If you have volunteers or 
other locations and chapters, give them a little kit with all the logos and stuff. A toolkit is want essential. With the PMS colors of your branding, your colors, like how everything you want to say, like you're a franchise, right? A nice, yeah. oh, downloadable, right. easy toolkit. Yep. And if you accept donations or for us, we receive blankets and things as donations. So we have delivery receipts. We have donation mm -hmm. receipts that they can print and fill out and give to the person that gave it to them and keep one for their chapter report. All that stuff. Do they need to file regular reports? Put it online, make it easy for them. And whoever your CPA is that we told you about in the last episode, make sure that they help you with that form so that it can be imported into QuickBooks and saves you CPA time. Mm. Good stuff, Suze. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, there's so much that we need, but I love how you've come full circle though, because, you know, from volunteering with us, then going on to who else have you volunteered for since Binky Patrol? Oh my goodness. Okay. So besides Binky Patrol, I was doing a lot of volunteer work when I was working for the Natural History Museum. Um, I was their webmaster. <laughs> so I'm dating myself. With I, that, I remember with that. That was cool. That was a very cool gig. And I would help them with organizing the stock of everything that we had in the museum. I would go out to La Brea Tar Pits and help them with digs, help them with classes. And then I went to Sony Pictures, worked there for 10 years. And they did a lot of like, because it's a big corporation. So we did, yeah. we did a lot of beach cleanups and that was team events. Hey, everyone, let's go down to the beach. We'll provide you lunch. Let's Here's a trash bag. Get out there. Those were so much fun. Park cleanups, beach cleanups. And then I got into medical and healthcare. And oh my God, the opportunities there are endless to help volunteer. I was working with the underserved population. So not, not only as part of my job, but on the weekends, I would be going out to farmer's market, you know, setting up a booth and educating, you know, families about diabetes. And I've always been out there to help. So it's always been in me. I've just wanted to do it full time. I've only been doing it on the side. So I finally found this opportunity at Direct Relief. And they're here in Santa Barbara, where I'm at, and it's a dream come true, and I'm so thrilled to be there. That is so cool. So that's directrelief.org? Correct. See, because the nonprofit. We knew that. Yes. We've <laughs> given $80 million to the UK. Our CEO is there right now, and we'll be doing a lot of interviews. Uh, we'll be seeing on the news. Wait, wait. Right. What does the UK need right now? Air conditioners? Ukraine. Sorry. Okay, so, Ukraine. Stop okay. talk. Stop talk. My CEO is in the Ukraine. <laughs> well, typically, actually, he's actually in Poland. So we're allowed to go to Poland. There's a lot of refugees there along the Poland border of Ukraine. So, but my CEO is actually going in. And yeah, we're the biggest nonprofit to date to provide aid to Ukraine. And we're just keeping going. Just keep the train moving. Yay. Oh, how exciting for you to find a place that serves your whole heart and that you can serve. Yes. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, thank you for being a guest and for interviewing me too. I mean, you brought up some good topics that I've been. <laughs> Anytime. I'm always here for you, Suze. You know that. <laughs> I love you. I love you. <laughs> Santa Barbara's far, but not that far. I, no, I'm it's down. not. Come on down. The weather's lovely. It's like 71 degrees with the sun shining. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful day here too in Oregon. I think our heat wave finally broke. Oh, thank goodness. I've been reading about that. Oh, that's another thing we're dealing with. Heat wave. Oh my God, it's like absorbing all of our products because people aren't built to handle these heat waves. You know, they're not built with air conditioners and how to drink a lot of water. And so we're out there providing supplies for all bell? this. Do you bring bells? Drink. 
drink, drink. time to drink, time to drink. <laughs> Set up cooling centers with solar panels because a lot of these places Ooh. lose power. That's a big initiative that we're doing because to host vaccines, you got to have a cold fridge. Power's out. What do you do? Solar panels. Right. What we're trying to do. Wow. So yeah. much great work. I want to make sure and add you on our site somewhere. I don't know please how to... do. Please you do. Look at our site and say, oh, it'd be really cool if you put us on this page. You pick a page. Okay. I'll stick you on there. Um, okay. Because I think what you're doing is fantastic. And what Thank a you. huge. We talk about binkies aren't always blankets. Yeah. And some of what you're doing is still providing binkies. It's love. It's a reminder that these people matter. That we it's see you. Product. It's about them. It's the whole feeling to remind, give them dignity, to remind them that people care and that they are seen. So it's not a lot different. It isn't. It really isn't. All right, folks. Connect with Kim over on LinkedIn. Connect with her website, which is? Directrelief.org. Okay. And then you want to find out about us, you know where to go. Binkypatrol.org or to listen to the podcast, binkypatrol.show. It's also on the website too, but you can go there and all your favorite podcast venues. We are where you listen. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye.